We're going to continue our series, Saving Superheroes. And last week, we had Superman, and we talked about Superman. And this week, maybe not quite as known, but maybe he is Hawkeye. So Hawkeye, for all you children that are here, Hawkeye, come on out. It's Hawkeye. So Hawkeye is here. And what you may not know about Hawkeye is if you've ever watched any of the Marvel movies, he and Black Widow really have no superpowers. They are just people with highly trained, highly honed skills. I'm sorry. It's, it's the truth, and we're about the truth here. But in grace, he's able to hold his own. In the movie Age of Ultron, uh, Ultron has taken over, and he controls the internet, and he knows everything, and they're like, we have to get away. And so what do they do? Well, Hawkeye happens to live on a farm that is off the grid. And I know many of you are like, I would love to be off the grid. And they call it Shield's Safe House because it's a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, off the grid, and they go and they show up, and you have a wife, you have two kids, and suddenly, we have a completely different side of Hawkeye. He's not this superhero that's unstoppable and unbeatable. He's a farming family man. And yet, he spends his time in the city taking care of business, but goes home to his family. And so, we're grateful to have Hawkeye here. Glad you're here. Thank you. And if you would go on down and lead the children out. Children, you guys can go on back with Hawkeye. He's going to answer your questions, and we're super excited for Hawkeye to be here. And uh, please just don't shoot anybody with your arrows. But we are super excited. How do we share the love of God, right? How, how do we share the love of God with someone like Hawkeye. He's a farming guy. He's a family man. He's got a wife and two kids. There's even a few scenes throughout the Marvel movies where he and Black Widow were talking, and he's like, you know, we really don't fit in. We, we don't really belong here, right? How do, you, how do you talk to someone like that? Like, I think Hawkeye, like most farmers and most family men, who leave their work and they go home to their family, there's a few things that are their strengths. The first one is this, and this will be the crux of today's discussion. The first thing is, I have yet to meet a farmer or a true family man. Maybe they don't know Christ, but they're a family man that is not chalked full of common sense, just downright horse sense. And I don't mean that to be rude, but just flat out common sense. The other thing, like Hawkeye, who has tremendous vision, these men often have tremendous vision to know what needs to be done to get the tractor to run. They have tremendous vision to know what needs to happen to get the farm to run. They have tremendous vision to know what needs to happen in order to get things done. Right? 
And so they work. They work hard. And in their own rights and in their own ways, they are warriors. They are fighters. Maybe they didn't graduate from high school. Maybe they did. Maybe they have an agricultural degree. And maybe they don't. But the vast majority of them are some of the most down-to-earth, common-sense people that I have ever met. And I would even venture to say, if I can be so bold, to say that the world needs more of them than what it has. Right? That was like your amen moment. <laughs> right? Okay. Especially in a rural farm town, you guys should have like really like stood up and, yes! Right? We need more of that. But what happens when you start to talk to that individual about Jesus? Because these are common sense people. They, they know how to make the world work. They know how the tractor needs to be fixed, and they know what needs to happen with certain things. And it seems like every farmer that I talk to, they're very similar. There's this moment where he looks at her and he says, the city's flying, we're fighting an army of robots, I have a bow and arrow, this makes no sense. This is not computing in my world. But here's what I know, I have to stand and fight for what I believe in. And it seems like every person that's chocked full of common sense that I talk to says, the world's falling apart, things are flying around, I don't know what's going on, this doesn't make any sense. But I know that I have a skill set, and I know that I'm good at what I do, and so I'm going to use what I do to accomplish the things that need to be accomplished, even though the world is falling apart and doesn't make sense. The world does not make sense. Seems like everybody that I talk to, the world does not make sense. They're doing what they know to do. They're doing what they know is right. And it's the common sense where you find the common ground. Here's what we know, that a lot of people with common sense know what needs to be done, and they do it. They don't always have to understand everything. They don't always have to lead everything. They don't always have to have all of the details figured out, but they've got a job to do. And like he said in that clip, look, I've got a job to do. You step out that door, you're a hero. You stay in here, that's fine. I'll send your brother to come get you. I don't have time to babysit, right? Pull up your bootstraps, let's go. That's what common sense does. Common sense says we have this in common, we need to step out and we need to go. And we need to make this thing happen. We've got to make it work, right? There's even a, another quote where Hawkeye is in, a, is in a conversation with Nick Fury who leads S.H.I.E.L.D. And he says, they, they have this cube, if you've ever seen the mo movie, and this cube is kind of a doorway from one side of space to the other side of space. So you use this cube and you can travel through space, right? And, and, and Hawkeye says, if there was any tampering, sir, talking to his boss, he said, sir, if there's any tampering, it wasn't at this end. And then Nick Fury says, at this end? And then I love Hawkeye's response. He says, yeah, the cube is a doorway to the other end of space, right? Doors open from both sides. Like common sense. Doors have two sides to them, sir. And if the door's been opened and it hasn't been opened on our end, then it's been opened on the other end of space. Just common sense that the big bad boss who should, who should know and should understand 
is blown away by the common sense of this family guy, this farm guy who lives off the grid. And the reason that things don't make sense is because inherently we know there was a plan. Inherently we know there was a plan. So if you're talking to somebody and they say this world isn't making sense, you say, well, inherently at the beginning there was a plan. Common ground. You must know that there was a plan at some point in creation because you're saying right now nothing makes sense which tells me then inherently you know it should be making sense so why isn't it i think it's funny i i'm not going to mention the farmer's name because if i said his name the vast majority of you in this room would know but we were talking one day standing out behind his truck and as we were talking he goes he, he said that he goes you know i just don't i don't get what's going on this was last year during planting season he said i, I don't get what's going on things aren't lining up Things aren't making sense. He goes, you know, the corn should be doing this, but we're noticing changes in the soil. And he and started talking stuff that blew my mind because I don't understand it, right? And he starts talking about the fertilizer and, and so on. And I said, well, I said, that's, that's really interesting. I said, did you know that the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that the planet, the world that we're a part of, the earth groans under suffering because the earth knows the things have gone awry. I said, did you know that the Bible talks about that the plants and the trees know what time and what season it is because they begin to lose their leaves? And he goes, you're absolutely right. He goes, we see that all the time. He goes, the corn knows how much sunlight it's getting and how much sunlight it's not getting. It understands, and the, and the crops in the field adjust to the light and to the temperature. They can sense, they know things. They know that it's not right. He goes, that's really in the Bible? I said, yeah, it's in there. That the world is in chaos, and the planet knows the world's in chaos. And so what do we do? How do we talk to them about Christ? I think, I know, you use common sense approach use a very common sense approach you say you know the world's out of whack <laughs> you know there's chaos so let's talk about that would you would you be willing to journey with me just real quick down this road as I share what's wrong with the world from my viewpoint right and I have yet for anybody to tell me no and so what I'm going to share with you is what a, a lot of church people call the Roman road to salvation. How many of you have heard of the Roman's road before? Okay, a few of you have. Many of you haven't. If you read through the book of Romans, which is one of the greatest books in the Bible, there is, you will find throughout the book of Romans the entire plan of salvation, but it's scattered. And so what I'm going to do for you in the next few moments is I'm just going to pull out the passages as I walk through the book of Romans, and you'll see that the entire plan of salvation, known as the Romans' road to salvation, makes a lot of sense, chock full of common sense. So when I talk to the farmer, or I talk to the family, and I'm working my tail off, and I can't seem to get ahead, and things aren't making sense, it's because there's a plan, 
and the world has fallen from that plan. In fact, step one along the road, stop number one along the road in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The word sin simply means we've missed the mark. It's a Greek term that an archer would use, like Hawkeye, an archer would use, but you don't hit the mark. You don't hit the bullseye. Sin is missing the mark with God. Everybody who's ever been born misses the mark, and the result is chaos in the world. We are born into chaos. All of us have sin. All of us, from the moment we're born, we are born into sin. We are born into a world of chaos. How many of you, when you had a baby, right? How many of you have had children, right? Okay, most of you. Those of you that haven't had children, just listen, because this is what your parents were going through. Where's the manual? There's no manual for this thing. It did not come with a manual. It didn't come with a receipt. It didn't come with instructions. There was nothing. And those of you that are old enough to remember, Dr. Spock was way off. Yeah, see, some of you said, yep, right? I can read books and read books and read books, and none of them are making sense. From the moment we are born, nothing's making sense because inherently we know there's a plan. Now, as a God-fearing parent, parents, Lynn and I knew the manual was right here. But like any manual, men, listen up. Like any manual, you have to study it. And you have to figure out, don't shake your head no at me, Brian, right? You have to study the manual. The answers are in here. But if the answers were just given to you, you wouldn't value them as much. But when you study and work for it, that creates value. And so when I knew, okay, well, parenting stuff is in here. We just got to figure it out, right? And maybe you grew up with not such a good example as a parent. Maybe you grew up with the great examples as parents, but they were still, because your parents are human, they're still not perfect parents, and they're going to mess up. And so the common sense approach is to first say, look, the world's in chaos. You know it, I know it. The reason the world's in chaos is because we all try to do our own thing our own way, and God had a set plan, and we choose to walk away from it. Step two on the Romans road, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the wages that sin pays are death, but God's gift is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages that sin pays. Breaking God's plan, you're going to get a paycheck for that. But the paycheck you earn, and I'm not talking about money, I'm talking about the results of your life, the intangibles of your life, all of the other things in life, when you walk away from God's plan, the paycheck is chaos and brokenness and hurt and pain. It creates, again, when you, when, when you miss the mark, the arrow is separated from the target. If I could use one word to define death, it would be separation. Death equals separation. Why? Well, let me separate you for, from oxygen for long enough, and what's going to happen to your body? 
you're going to die. If I separate you from food long enough, what's going to happen? You're going to die. If I separate just for a moment, if I separate your brain from blood, what happens? Stroke. And parts of your body die because it didn't have that, the brain didn't have the blood that it needed. It got infused with air. It's separation in relationships. Separation in anything creates death in that thing. So anytime that we separate ourselves from God's plan, we invite death. The wages of sin is death. The result of sin, the result of missing the mark with God is death. Why? Because God himself is life. Not just physical life, but spiritual life, emotional life. And when you choose to separate yourself from that, then the confusion sets in. I don't know what I'm supposed to believe. I don't know which end is up. I don't know how to pay. I don't know all of these other things that happen in your life are a result of it not being plugged in. Tractor engines are supposed to work a certain way. Some of you in here work on tractor engines, right? How many of you have worked on some sort of tractor engine or on a tractor? Okay. They're supposed to work a certain way. If you take it and just chuck it, and, oh, well, I'm going to kind of do this the way I want to and do life the way I want to of what seems right to me. And in a few weeks, we're going to talk about Green Lantern, the impulsive adult who just does what they feel like doing at the moment, right? But because Green Lantern, if you study him, he's really impulsive. And when you don't follow the manual and the plan of the one who created the tractor and just want to do your own thing, what happens? So you're like shaking your head like, no, it's, it's not going to run. It's not going to work. Well, the same is true of God. Stop number three along this road, right? So we've missed the mark. We're earning our paycheck for missing the mark. Stop number three, Romans chapter five, verse eight, out of the message translation. He, that is God, Jesus, presented himself for the sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. You were too weak to get ready. Now, I'm going to stop right there in the middle of the verse. You were far too weak to get yourself ready. There is woman flu, right? Woman flu says I take some Mucinex and some Tylenol, I put my clothes on, and I go to work. There is man flu. Man flu says, I am now three years old again. I cannot go to work. I will lay on this couch and I will bite anybody's head, head off who walks in this room. Do not look at me funny. I am sick. I have not taken Mucinex or Tylenol or any other drugs because I am a man and I can stomach this out. Stay away from me. Right? Okay. Now, I'm not going to get too theologically deep. The sin nature carries through the man. I won't get into that. You can think about what that means in your own off time theologically and philosophically. But the Bible says that I'm sick, and as long as I try to do things on my own, I have man flu. But, now some of you be like, this is, this is theological heresy referring to get over it. 
I'm the pastor, and I can say this. You will always, as long as you have a human body, have spiritual, not spiritual, soulish, mental, mind, emotion. You will always have woman, you will always have the flu. But Jesus comes in as the mucinex and the Advil and the Tylenol and the antibiotic and says, listen, I can make you better. It's going to take some time, but you can get off of this couch and go to work. Right? You can get better. So Jesus comes in as the medicine and the cure. Now, sometimes he has to work in us to root out all of the bad stuff that we've allowed to grow in our emotions and our thoughts and our minds. Right? But you can live with woman flu. Now, I'm still trying to personally figure that out, how that works. But I know it's possible because my wife does it. Right? Jesus says, when you were too weak and could not get off the couch, I came in and said, let me show you how this is done. Let me show you how to live. He says, so when you were far too weak and rebellious to take the medication, okay, it doesn't really say that, but... You got the point, right? You were too rebellious. You didn't want anything to do with me. You didn't want to go to church. You didn't want to read your Bible. You didn't want to do any of this stuff. I still came in to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do. He goes, even if you weren't so weak, you wouldn't have figured out how to connect with God. You know how I know people don't know how to connect with God? And I'll tell you, there's a particular party right now that's holding debates around the country and trying to figure out who they want their presidential nominee to be. And one of those candidates said, in answer to a question, said, I have done enough work to, I have done enough work to, to help gun control and get guns off the streets that God will let me into heaven. Now, immediately, anybody that knows their Bible goes, right to Ephesians and says, it's not by works, so that no man can boast. You don't earn your way into heaven. It's given. And so one of my friends posted that on social media, and I just went, Ephesians chapter 2, and I forget the verse. And I just quoted it, and I put it right on it, right underneath the article. I went, I don't know what religion he's believing in, but... And so... We would do everything under our power to try to get to heaven and earn it and do it. And we, we have people all around us trying to earn it and to do it. And you can't. It says when we were weak, stop number three, you can't. Sometimes you can't fix your tractor. And so those, those of you that own Case have to actually call a mechanic. Uh, some of you just got offended. All right. So some of you that own John Deere have to call a mechanic. And Brian's down here going, yes, employment right? And you have to get somebody in to fix it because you can't get it done. And that's okay. And Jesus comes in. And so stop number four on Romans chapter nine, or I'm sorry, Romans chapter 10 verses nine through 10 out of the message says, this is how you get right with God. Say the welcoming word to God. Jesus is my master. Embrace it. Embrace it in your body. Embrace it in your soul, your mind. God's work of doing in us what he did in raising Jesus from the dead. That's it. You're not doing anything. You're simply calling out to God, trusting him to do, do it for you. That's salvation. With your whole being, you embrace God setting things right. 
and then you say it right out loud. God has set everything right between him and me. You embrace it. Look, I can't earn this. I can't do this. I embrace it. Jesus, you're my master. You're my master in my brain and in my thought life, and you're, a, you're the master over my body. So I will not take this body, this temple of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells. I will not take this body and do things with it that you would not approve of. Because now this body and these actions belong to you, not to me. And I'm not here to gratify myself. I'm here to please you. And that's what it means to accept Christ. So that Jesus can come in and start rooting the flu out of us. And then the next step, once you've accepted that, the next stop along that road is to say, stop number five, the final stop is this, in Romans 5, 1. By entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, entering through what? Faith. You use faith. When you put a seed in the ground, when you plant and plow your field and put that seed in the ground, you're trusting that it comes up by what? Faith. Right? I'm hoping and praying that when I put this seed, because I can't see it grow. I can't sit there and stare at it and watch it grow. But by faith, I believe that I'm going to have a crop in the fall. It's biblical. I believe it by faith. I believe that I've accepted Christ and I'm following Christ. And so therefore, I believe by faith that when I die, I will go to heaven. The Bible even, I believe in First or Second Corinthians, says that your body is simply a seed that gets planted in the ground. That's something that all of us in this room should understand. And that the real harvest comes when my body's planted in the ground and I yield the crop of a life that's been worked and toiled over like the soil, right? And so entering through faith into what God has always wanted to do for us, God has always wanted to save us and to redeem us because he knows that in and of ourselves we can't do it. It's not possible, right? And then the last part, I love the last part of this verse. And so as your pastor and as your coach, I'm going to start calling you out Whenever I hear you say, I don't have it all together. Because the last part of this verse says, we have it all together with God because of our master Jesus. You have it together. Quit acting like you don't. Oh, I don't have it together. Well, yeah, you and in your own power don't. But through Jesus, you have it together. Spiritually, you are together. Spiritually, you are as whole and as complete as you're ever going to be spiritually. Now what it has to begin to do is begin to work out in the battlefield we call the mind. That's where the battle takes place, and your physical body is saved when you die. Because the Bible says when you get to heaven, you get a new body. The body will never be saved. In this life, your mind and your attitude and your thought life, that's the battlefield, and your spirit is 100%. Your spirit, when you die and go to heaven, your spirit is already 100% of what it will be when you get to heaven. Because it's been saved. That's exciting. I have it together spiritually. Now whether I act like it or not, I don't know. That depends on who's winning the war and the battle that day in my mind. Right? But spiritually, I'm together. You guys should have like hallelujahed that or something. I mean seriously, you have it together. If you take one thing away today, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, walk out of here today with your head held high saying, I have it together. I've got this. 
I don't care what life throws at me because I'm found in Jesus and the Holy Spirit in me. And I can face anything because I know who holds the future. Right? Life is worth the living just because he lives. Thank you. All fear is gone. Right? I shouldn't have to preach out of a hymn, though, guys. Seriously, I know who holds the future. You have it spiritually together. And so if I'm going back to Hawkeye, this, this farming family man who, two kids and a wife, and he has this farm that's completely off the grid, and they even say in the movie, they say, yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. kept it off their files. Like, you won't even find this place on their files. It doesn't exist. Here's a man, a superhero, who feels out of place in an ever-changing world. The world's constantly changing its chaos. He feels out of place. He feels like he doesn't fit in. So what's he do? He sticks with what he knows. And a lot of common sense. Something the world needs a whole lot more of. Normalcy and common sense and the family. When you watch the Age of Ultron, that's what pulls them back down, and that's what anchors them. That's what holds them together, right? And so when you watch the movie, you have this self-absorbed billionaire who's super intelligent. You have some Norse god and some future king. You have this 100-year-old warrior from World War II. You've got some Soviet super spy, right? You've got this guy who has serious anger issues and turns green and just smashes things. And you've got all of these different characters. But when things get out of control, where do they, ret- where do they retreat to? It's the family man with the farm. And here's what I want to tell you. When the world breaks out into chaos and things aren't making sense, where do you run? Where do you run? We run back to the simplicity of the gospel, the Romans road, one through five. You know the world's jacked up. That's because God had a plan. We've missed the mark. We're earning the result of that. We can accept Christ, begin to follow him, and I can spiritually have it together even when things don't make sense. And here's what I'm going to tell you today. You can cower from life in the chaos, or you can walk out that door, hold your head high, and be a warrior for Christ. The choice is up to you. I'm going to close with a story. When I worked in corporate America, I did a lot of traveling. And one of the things that I got the privilege to do is travel with coworkers. And when you travel with coworkers and you're sitting in the airport and on the plane, you get to talking about things. Well, this single mom didn't know Christ and she was kind of the party person. And so she partied when we traveled. And we sat down one day and she said, literally said something along the lines, it's not making sense. And I said, let me explain something to you. And I explained the gospel just like I did. Listen, there was a plan. We fell from it. I basically gave the Romans road without opening the Bible. I just shared it with my own understanding of it. 
And when I left and started the church, and I didn't know what, I didn't know where that was going, but it was a seed that I planted. And by faith, I believed that God would bring people along to water that seed and to nurture it. I believe that by faith. And just last December, she's gone on, she's moved well up into the company, and I get a phone call. She goes, hey, I listened to your podcast. Okay. She goes, I want you to know something. That conversation we had at dinner after work when we were traveling, and I knew specifically what she was talking about. She goes, I gave my life to Christ a year ago. And she goes, and you remember Joe? We used to work with Joe. I said, yeah. She goes, I look like a blithering idiot walking up to his cubicle going, Joe, I finally figured it out. I know exactly what Tyson was talking about and what you said. She goes, Tyson, I'm in church every Sunday. I now have a husband who loves God and does devotions with me. She goes, I never thought it was possible. All because I planted a seed nearly a decade ago. I get a call in December going, you were right. I found Jesus and everything now makes sense. I'm here to tell you, plant the seed. And if it takes 10 years, it takes 10 years. And if it takes 10 months or 10 days or 80 years, the Holy Spirit will use it. Will use it. Let's stand up. This morning, if you're here and you need prayer for anything, maybe you just need the boldness to share Christ. Maybe that's you this morning. We want to pray with you. I want to ask Aaron and Lori to come down on this side, and if I can get Steve and Bonnie to come down on this side. We want to pray with you. If you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life to follow him. I want you... I want to invite you to make that decision this morning as we close out with song.